Good morning, Jeremy. Morning. What's up, man? What's up, Riff? Morning, boys. What's up, Riff? Just living lots, the dream. Lots, lots to talk about today, man. What's to talk about? The Chicago Blackhawks get Connor Bedard. Come on, man. That's like the talk of the last two days. Yeah, it's let's like. Go, let's, um, let's hear what are your thoughts, thoughts on that? You're, you know, you're Mr. Chicago. Like, you know what? I wanted Chicago to lose the rest of the way so that they didn't have to worry about having those balls uh, automatically appear um, for Chicago. And you know, I just, I, it's how often do you see the top three when sixteen all the way to three? work out perfectly and then perfectly. all of a sudden then all of a sudden all of a, all sudden, of a sudden the big one the of the biggest top, markets in the league the top three the top three all move and not only do they move but we got a sneak peek into the the first movement before we even saw the card get displayed because yeah. kevin weeks goes to commercial Getting ready for the top three, saying, well, we got our first movement. Columbus moves to number three. And I'm like, what? How does he know that? Yeah. What's going on? But that's so a problem. Do you not think that's a problem? Like, don't you want to watch this draft this uh this draft I live? I want to yeah, see the I balls would... live. I don't trust the NHL at all. I think, and I'm gonna tell you right now, you take a poll right now, the majority of people out there feel that this was rigged and that is really sad it is really sad i actually do think it's rigged i really do think it's rigged that's just my opinion i think that this if you would have had columbus win this or san jose win this or or you know anaheim win this no one would be saying anything but it just so happens that when you look at anaheim who's their star they had they have a young zegris and they picked uh um uh, McTavish, uh, the year before last year, yeah. and and yeah. and when you look at um, you know, uh, Columbus, they have Johnny Hockey there, Johnny Goudreau, Patrick Line, they have some young guys in Cole Sillinger and Johnson, and now all of a sudden you look at uh, you look at the Chicago Blackhawks, which is one of the biggest markets in the league. It's a money making mm -hmm. machine, and they lost. Kane and they lost Taves, a guys that they drafted 13, 14 years ago. Okay. Won three Stanley cups and they have no face for one of the biggest markets in the league. Where do you think Gary Bettman would want him to go? And all <laughs> it just, it just so happens that Chicago pulls this off in, in, in a draft for a player that has been in the same breath as Sidney Crosby and a decade later, Connor McDavid. And now you have Connor Bedard. It just so happens he goes to Chicago. Bullshit. Uh, but it's, it's, rigged, it's, not, it, it's it's not even that. It's just that it's 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 the three both all moved, right? It's all three of them moved. Um you know. Anaheim needs it more than Columbus does, I believe. Um, and Columbus goes from two to three. Anaheim goes from one to two. And all of a sudden, Chicago goes from three to one. Now, again, 
why if why don't they put that 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 bubble ball machine on television and have the balls come up where they land because what they right? do Jeremy is they bring media into the back room and and tell them that it's all legitimate and this is how it's done and there's no tampering going on here well, well obviously obviously they did it before and they let the media know what the at least the ESPN know what the order was right so that they can write their show their show lines because Kevin Kevin Weeks had for every team that was picked that he had his whole monologue for that team um but to let that go I just you know what it's 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 a draft lottery and it's it's not a lottery in my what opinion. do you mean if, what do you, they, they didn't just run the lottery before Jeremy they recorded that three weeks ago when the season ended <laughs> well regardless same before, thing, before regardless. they even did the lottery they knew what they were doing i'm sorry i'm with riv i think it's completely what, rigged and it's complete that's bullshit. What I'm, that, that, that's what i'm saying if it's yeah. a lottery it's a lottery hey listen when they pull the when they pull the numbers out for lotto you know or mega you know the mega ball you, they see it on tv the balls come up two yeah. you put it down <laughs> you know it's there yeah. four you know it's there yeah. right nobody can rig it well, well, I, I want to add one thing to what I to what I said. I think that this is rigged. I think it's absolutely ridiculous, Jr. OK, I want to state that I, I really do believe this. But here's the thing. If I had a choice for Connor Bedard and where I wanted him to go, I want Chicago. him to go to Chicago. I do not want Me him too. to go to Anaheim. I do not want to uh, sit up at 1030 at night and watch a game till one o'clock because I want to watch one of the most exciting young players in the last decade. Okay. I'm happy that he's going to Chicago. I, I think am too. It's the greatest thing in the world to have Buddy, him I, I, in I, Chicago. I, I, I screamed. I was. I'm so happy. I'm screamed. I, I'm so happy they that, that the league decided to give Bedard to Chicago. I'm so happy. Trust yeah. me. I'm so yeah. happy. And I want to but state that because people are going to take this the wrong way. That I just think that this league is a piece of shit and they rigged no. the whole thing and the whole. Listen. I wanted him to go to Chicago. When he went to Chicago, I was like, "This is the greatest thing ever for hockey in general." Did you see the, the players, Did you see the ticket the sales owners? that happened in Chicago oh. hours after? Like, I think I think one day later, they sold two point five million dollars in season tickets for the next couple of years already. Oh, for sure, for sure. That that's, like that's immediately. Once, and you know what's no, what's no, what's tell you what sucks about that. Like once he goes first overall, like once they get that pick, Jr. Do they immediately up their ticket prices? Like, is that what an organization like that would do? Would they immediately up their ticket prices? Because why wouldn't you? You 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 would, but I don't think Chicago would because their their fans have just dealt with mediocrity for. Well, I'll tell you what's complete now. bullshit. If I were yeah, Connor, they've also Bedard, won three Stanley Cups. Cry me a river. We're hold on a second. Uh, I want to know how much the Hawks and the league and everyone are going to make on Bedard jerseys, and that you know we're already at two point five million for ticket sales. And the minute he announces his, the minute he Dude, announces his jersey number, they're gonna their jerseys are gonna be, be ninety eight. Is that what he's going with ninety eight? So then yeah, he's gonna go ninety eight, and jersey sales are gonna go through the roof. This kid's only gonna make guaranteed two point seven million dollars on his entry level deal. But listen, it's again Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid, same thing in Edmonton. There was a five billion dollar TV deal 
banking on Connor McDavid landing in, in Canada so Rogers could at least satisfy their appetite for anybody to want to watch West West Coast Canadian hockey because it was dying. Yeah. Well, you know, so again, it's like these guys, these guys don't get a they get a lick well, of you, that. You, you said it about the league making money. The league is going to make so much money because it's an original six team. When you have an original six team, you have so much more of a broader fan base spread all over the country rather than just the, a, a Columbus base or an Anaheim base, right? So you're going to have people from all over the country getting these Connor Bedard jerseys because. Chicago Blackhawks are deep rooted in in history. Are, fans. In Canada, there huge. are tons of Hawks fans. Again, yeah. I'm super happy for Chicago. Uh, I'm not really happy for Chicago because of you know some of the stuff that's happened. You know, as as we all know in the last uh, you know number of years. But um, man, it's a perfect place for this this young this yeah, but, young yeah, man does, to start his career. Does Patrick Kane come back to Chicago now that Bedard is there? Listen, I think they would take him back there in a heartbeat. Well, he's and, got someone to sell his place. Like, I'm going to tell him. you right now. I don't even know. I I couldn't name you. I couldn't. Uh, I don't think I'd be able to name you more than like five players on Chicago right now. No, I couldn't. There's not a, not a chance. But I, I will tell you this: they they need Patrick Kane back in Chicago to help this kid. To take you know, pressure off the kid, right? To and 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 stardom. Like Patrick Kane was a megastar right from the start, and he had to deal with it. This kid's going to be a megastar, so you know he's going to need someone to kind of guide but him what through. It, what it does, though, right, Jr. What it does is by having Patrick Kane there, a a Hall of Famer. He is he is um you know arguably the greatest U.S. born hockey player. All yeah. of these athletes won three Stanley Cups. When shit hits the fan in Chicago and they're struggling a little bit because they're going to struggle again. This team is yeah. not going from one of the worst teams in the league and they're going to skyrocket up the board because of one young kid who's eighteen. They're going to struggle for a couple of years, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think Patrick Kane is exactly what they need. They still need a face for the franchise. They still need guidance. And I'm going to tell you right now, that kid needs someone to play with, right? And he might have the opportunity yeah. to play with a Patrick Kane, and and maybe they don't. Okay. There's one. There's one um, caveat that we might be missing on Patrick Kane that might keep Patrick Kane in New York, and that's. Joel Quenville, possibly becoming the Rangers coach. Oh, I just read an article yesterday that said that they're not interested in Joel Quenville. For sure. Yeah. Okay. Because I heard rumors. I heard rumors that that was happening. If that was happening, that that could. Well, what article is that, Riff? I'm not questioning. I'm just. I'm asking. What article? What what media? Yeah. Give Larry Uh, Brooks. Larry Brooks. That's that's legitimate. Larry Larry Brooks. That is ports. Although is, I do think the Rangers it is, it is, will it, not pursue Joel Quenville for their coaching vacancy. So if he um, says that, it, that's if he says it, that's true because he's yeah. as close to yeah, that's close to the Rangers. I, I read it uh, even, even though of, even though he's a even though he's a fucking asshole. He, he's, he's asshole, but he's a good asshole. That, I love I, you know Larry no, Brooks no, is no, just no, like Larry Brooks. Larry Brooks is an absolute prick of a of a person <laughs> and. I mean, he's he's close. He's smart. He's close to the team, but yeah. he is he is uh, he is a bad he is a bad person, 
as 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 his relationship with hockey players go. He is a bad person. Is he the guy that got into a shouting match with a defenseman there? With Boyle. With Boyle. 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 That's right. Craig, did you ever see this? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I listen. I mean, I remember Larry Brooks from when we played. I mean, he he's ruthless, right? He's ruthless. He's he is looking for a story, right? He is he's in a big massive market and he wants people to read his stuff and he is uh he he asks tough questions that maybe can trigger trigger the players he's good at what he does he's That's good right. at what he, he does is. he is good yeah. at what he does like Don't i wrong. hated him i hated him as a player okay because i was the maturity of myself back then and and the other players dealing with him you're young you're immature even though you think you're mature you're not mature and now all of a sudden years and years later i chuckle at it because now that you're so much older so much more mature and you understand what they're trying to get at and you can hold your emotions much differently right you're a emo- you're an emotional time bomb like you're a ticking time bomb when you're when you're a player oh, yeah. you know you're oh, playing yeah. you're playing um you know, you're, you're emotional, certainly after games and stuff like that. And things happen yeah. through a season. These, these reporters, these good reporters, they know what buttons to press. And uh, I will give, I will, I will give Larry, Larry Brooks one thing. Okay. He writes stuff that is very controversial and he doesn't care if he embarrasses you or follows you out or, or does a bad story, but you know what he does? He walks into the locker room right in front of your face. He doesn't hide. He doesn't. He doesn't walk away. He'll stand right, right in front of you, and he'll and he'll defend himself, and he'll 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 battle back. He's not one of these writers that write something really bad and then just hide in their office and don't come out and show themselves. Yeah, you know, Brooks, not like Brooksy, Montreal. Yeah, Brooksy, Brooksy, he 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 writes it and he stands up for what he writes and he comes in and you got to give the guy a lot of credit for that, even though I don't like it. That doesn't mean I have to like it, but I give him a lot of respect for, hey, it's a hard thing to write some write controversial things, but it's even harder to walk in front of the person that you write about and stick up for what you write. Coincidentally enough, Craig went off on Jeff Skinner. Two games later, Jeff Skinner takes off. Season career, a career year, unbelievable season. He sees Skinner at the golf tournament or at the golf course. Skinner won't even come over and thank him. <laughs> I, I don't think if, I don't if Jeff Skinner if Jeff fucking Skinner had any fucking balls he would have come over and said you know what Craig I heard everything you said about me on that fucking show after the whistle and uh gotta say man thank you turn my career around appreciate it we're gonna make the playoffs next you year. know the amazing thing is like you laugh at that but <laughs> I did um, the same thing I, I gave him shit so too. I had uh Caliposo and I belonged to the same course Alex Tuck just joined this year um, and they were playing. So out the outcome Skinner and Middlestat to to play around. And uh, from what I hear, Middlestat's quite the player. He's uh, he's he's pretty uh, pretty good at the game, Jr. So you might want to keep an eye on this young buck. I got you. I got um, you. But uh, right away when I get to the course, so obviously I I I know Oki, and uh, you know I was talking to Alex Tuck because I ripped. I didn't rip on Alex Tuck. I said at the start of the year that he would not be in the top five in scoring on the Sabres. That was my prediction for the year. One of my predictions was Alex Tuck is not going to be in the top five. And uh, he absolutely proved me wrong, but immediately came up to me and rubbed it in my face saying, yeah, good one. 
good. Nice try, buddy. And I was laughing my head off. We were laughing about it. And, uh, and, uh, great, great, uh, great, great human that, that kid, you know, Alex, Alex is awesome. He's awesome. Awesome, Yeah. But the funny thing is Middlestat and Skinner on the other side on the putting green, and they're not coming over at all because, you know, Middlestat, Middlestat was a guy that took a little bit of heat. You know, I think everybody in, in Saberland gave him a little bit of heat and he turned it on and had what an unbelievable season yeah. he had, yeah, especially he to end. And Skinner, who I've, I've never really been a fan of his game. And I blasted him at one point in the season. Cause he just, he was not playing well. I, I don't care. And then all of a sudden, like, I'm not even kidding you. You can ask Petey. He went on fire from that point yeah. on for the rest of the hey, season. And he had didn't just do it on the podcast. He goes on, he goes on uh, the local radio station here, you know, and this show has the biggest audience in, in Western New York on Shred and Reagan. And he absolutely, and I listened to this, I was dropping my kid off at school and Craig is absolutely destroying <laughs> with with, with conviction, a, with conviction a, and justification, okay, and yeah, merit. There was tons you. of yeah, merit. Thank you. It's very easy to pick on, yeah, guys, okay. right? I mean, and then, but and then you look who it's coming from. You know, obviously, Craig, you know, Craig's got a great resume in the NHL. But I was listening, I was just like, holy shit, man! Like, but it, you got to give, you got to give, you got to give Skinner a lot of credit for just saying, you know what? Fuck you. Here I go. Look out. What's wrong with Gerard Gallant? How does this guy continue to have amazing records and get fired? What's going on? I, there's something. He had a winning record, fit- did he not, in, in Florida? He got winning fired. In he got fired, and they he didn't left, even call him in. He literally got left at the He went to Florida, which was a losing team. The first year, he had 96 points. Then his second year, he went over 100 points. Right? Yep. Like, he's... He is about a 65 or 70% winning percentage in his career. You look at his numbers. Look at his record. He's like 365 and 160. Like his winning percentage, he took the he took an expansion team to the Stanley Cup finals and then gets gets gassed 14 games into the next season at 500. Like he goes to New York. New York has uh, two good seasons under him, over a hundred points, and he gets fired. I, I there's there's something something's fishy with this. With yeah, I agree. Well, apparently, there. Well, I don't know if you read this, but in in after game four, so this would have been the second game. So New York Rangers went to New Jersey in game one and two. And dominated, won the first two games on the road. Third game came back to uh, Madison Square Gardens. Two one, they lose right, and then two, one. in the in the uh, the final game four was the game, game four. Eight. They won three one. They lost three one. Absolutely, it was a brutal game by the Rangers. Okay, brutal. So something was said after the game in the hallway downstairs after the game. Chris Jury, GM of of the Rangers was downstairs and apparently something was said and there was a shouting match between the two of them in the hallway where where multiple people watched and mm. the rest wow. of the the rest of the series played itself out 
and he was fired what a couple days later so oh, good juice good juice. something was said and uh gm wow. and coach not on the same page well it was the same oh. thing and in, in, it was the same thing in 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 vegas there was there was a it sounded like there was um there was bad bad relationship between coach and gm there too so there's something about gerard gallant who doesn't like to listen to gms or blames gms or something because i know the players seem to love playing for him but and they do play hard for him but <laughs> he's he's a G, he's a gm killer yeah. sounds like holy smoke it's just it's amazing to me but Oh, I just. I, I think that's that interesting. I think that's interesting too, and I think the guy that will slide in there will be Laviolette. Again, I, I think they got to bring. I, I think Chris Jury is going to bring in somebody different. I don't think he's going to. I don't think he's going to regurgitate. You think? think so. You think it's going to like you know? You have a Quenville who's got larger than life coaching personality, you know, and status behind him, and and Laviolette is very much the same. Stanley Cup winner, he's coached an extremely long time, multiple teams. I'm not sure if he's going to be the guy either. Um, I think you could see somebody that we don't know about. I think yeah, I think I'm you could you. see someone fresh, someone that has, you know, up to date new ideas of the game. You, you, and I don't know who that's that going to market. Be. In that market, listen, it's yeah. not about here's the thing in that market. It's not about the coach, the, the, the team and the city and everything is bigger than the coach. The coach is, is a guy that just needs to guide these players. Cause he has, he's, he's going to inherit an extremely, extremely good team. He doesn't have to overcoach them. He has to be a great guider. He has to be a great communicator and allow these guys to go and figure it out. I think it's going to be a guy from the HL. You watch. I just think it's going to be new, younger, fresh blood. Because that's what Chris Jury likes, right? So That's right, yeah. um, Have you ever, ever seen Connor McDavid play worse than he did in game four? I love that you say I, this because yesterday I said he's going to get five I, points in his next game. Okay, well that 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 being said, that's what great players do—they bounce back. But I, it was unbelievable watching Game Four with Vegas and Edmonton. Connor McDavid was invisible. You didn't even know he was on the ice, and that to me is incredible. That's a and word I don't, I don't think you could ever use to describe a Connor McDavid that's game what until, I mean. until that game. Why? I was shocked. I was shocked. Why? Why are we seeing this? You, like, why are we seeing this? And I, I don't know. I don't know. All I can say is, all I can say is this, Jr. Connor McDavid plays an eighty-two game schedule. I'm pretty sure that he plays more minutes, more minutes played than eighty percent of defensemen who play usually more minutes than forwards, right? He is on the ice. He's averaging like 23 minutes a night as a forward. That is insanely high. Would you agree? Okay. So, so after 82 game schedule, Jr. I just wonder if he's just fatigued, tired, 
retired. He just finished a season that he's pushing <coughs> pushing um, records. He's pushing records. He became the, the sixth player in NHL history to score over 150 points. He was pushing for a, for a goal record. He ended up scoring, what, 64 this year or whatever. Um, I just find they end up making the playoffs, which I not only making the playoffs, but they were fighting for the top seat in the Western conference. I just find that there's so much that went into sure. the season. I'm, I only asked the question is, is he fatiguing out? And that's, it's a long okay, so season. I gotta, no, I, I totally agree with you. And by the way, Con, he, hey, Connor McDavid is allowed to have a bad game. So I'm not yeah. sitting here. Give, I'm not sitting here giving them shit. I'm actually sitting here. Really. It's, it's amazing to me that he's human. Okay. Because he, to me, he's superhuman. He's, he's so good. And the fact that he could look so average, yeah. either it's a, it, it, either it's a testament to how good Vegas played against them. They played physical and they played much better than they did in game three. Or what you're saying is right. Maybe, you know, he just came off a four point night in the game before, right? Two goals, two assists. So he's not that tired, but you can't go from getting four points and looking like the king of the world to being all of a sudden you don't have any energy, but it's just, I think it's a combination. Does, of that, two, not what seem, I just said. does that not seem to sum up the NHL in general right now in the playoffs? You have one yes. team for an example, you have one team that goes and wins five, one, and then the very next night they lose five, one, and then they come back and a team wins eight to four, yeah. like New Jersey. And then all of a sudden the Canes come back and they spank six, them six, one. I'm like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> What's going on? What happens in those two days you know, of, you, of, of preparation? Or look at Dallas. Play? Dallas, at Dallas. Again. They get absolutely. I watched. The, I watched that seven-two game, and Seattle looked like they were playing an American Hockey League team. They were all over them. The energy, the building was flying. They were just scoring goals. It was crazy. And then all of a sudden, boom! Dallas is up. What four nothing in in. Uh, in, in in the first part of the second period, I'm like, what is going on with these playoffs? And it seems like all, all the playoffs are the same thing, right? It's, but it, it just goes, listen, I, I, and again, I think it goes to show the mentality of players today. They get so emotionally high when they win and then so pissed off when they lose, or at least, at least focus when they lose. And when they win, it's like, oh, yeah, we, we got it made. We're good now. We're good. We're going to come back. We're going to win. And then they let their guard down. And yeah. then when they lose, when they get kicked in the, in the balls, they're like, okay, now we got to play again. Right? It's just, why don't they just stay stay neutral? No emotional highs and lows. That's what we talked about. Don't, don't get mad. Don't get happy when you win 7-1. Just go about it and go back to it. I think they just let their guard down, man. It's just, again, it's whether it's youth or just the, the young people today that don't have that same focus day in and day out. I think it has it to is. do with the, the emotional <laughs> side of thing. You know, the, the, the playoffs are so amazing. They're mm -hmm. so amazing. They're so emotional. You're on, you're literally on a roller coaster, right? And I find older players that have won in the past and understand the game better are the ones that can channel the emotions better right after mm -hmm. after a loss or a big win um 
you know, that's the only thing I can attribute this to. Um, I, I, because it, it seems like this it's, is happening in weird, all the but series. This, but like this it's is not the, just one in the, one series. And, and we always say every year that, you know, something happens in playoffs where we say, wow, this is crazy. But this is probably the craziest playoffs that I can remember in recent history. Um, you have the top teams in the league are gone. <clears throat> Bye-bye. With the exception yeah. of Carolina. With yeah. the exception of Carolina. Um, you know, Vegas and Edmonton, yes. But, I mean, the National Hockey League's got to be sitting there saying, holy shit, we'll probably – we're probably going to either have Carolina or Florida in the final. And we could possibly have Dallas, which is not a big draw in terms of um, television viewers. Um, Edmonton would be good because of McDavid and Dreisaitl with the marketing of it. But God, it's just, I mean, Florida, Florida, I don't see Florida losing tonight. I don't see them trying to go back to, to they played tonight against um, Toronto. Yeah. Well, the, the one thing you have to look at too is you have uh, Joseph Wall is going to be playing in the in the Nets tonight. It's a guy who's played eleven career NHL games. Rutro, Rutro, <laughs> and on top of that, here let's just let's let's start a fire. Let's start a bonfire, and now we're going to throw some gas on it. And the gas is this: Austin Matthews. Mitch Marner, John Tavares, William Nylander, the face of this organization, have zero goals in this series. Zero goals. They've played three games. I am. I am. I picked Florida, Craig, to beat Boston. I picked Florida to beat Toronto. And I'm just going to say this I am not comfortable still at three nothing. As a guy that picked Florida to win this series, I do not think this series is over. For that reason that you just yeah. mentioned, because I'm well, going to tell. You, I mean, listen. There's one team that can score 28 to 30 goals in the next four games, because they have Wall and Net, and they know they have to score. It's Toronto Maple Leafs, man. It's a good point. It's well, a really good point. But and and again, this what you just said: Marner, Nylander, Matthews, Tavares. Okay, Tavares, even though he had a great season, they all had a good season. The, the knock against these guys the last couple of years is they're not playoff, not playoff players. And if they go, if they go through this series with no goals, I don't care if they won get this, the first round. People are gonna scream and yell about their lack they of. They shouldn't playoff. have won the first round, JR. Can we agree with that? I'm gonna tell you this. You watch the series. They did not deserve to win game three. They did not no. deserve to win game three. They scored no. with what? One, one, uh, one minute left with, um, uh, Ryan O'Reilly in front of the net. They won in overtime. Good for them. They, you know, Hey, well, they, they scored, they scored two goals in the last four minutes too. That's the thing. Right? I mean, I, in game, game four, Tampa Bay was up four to one late in the second period. I mean, they were dominating the game physically. They were dominating in all areas of the ice and in Toronto in the series, which they won. Yes. They scored very timely goals. Okay. And very again, timely goes, goals. That goes, that goes to what Petey just said, right? He just said, if there's a team that can score goals at timely, timely, you know, positions, yep. it's Toronto. So it's a great if, point. If, by you're, you, Petey. if you are Florida, 
what would be your game plan going into um, game four? What would be the thought in your head and what you would want to try and accomplish throughout the game? Well, I mean, for, for me, it's probably out of their, out of their um, comfort zone, but playing a more defensive style game to frustrate those guys again. Defense, defense. Don't get into a track meet with Toronto. We get into a track meet, they're gonna they're gonna win eight seven. You got you you have to you have to depend on your goalie. Play extreme tight defense. Play physical and win two one. That's, That's me. You, for me. You just hit it right on the head. You hit the nail right on the head, Jr. You're gonna play a physical, hard nosed brand of hockey, but you are going to play a style that is going. You're gonna care about defense more you're not going to get in the track meet just like you said because if you get into a track meet with toronto most likely you're going to end up on the wrong side here's the thing you have toronto has played they they play a they play soft like marner nylander austin matthews are soft hockey players it's just like i hate to say it when they lose this series and they will lose this series. There has to be change. There has yes. to be change because yeah. these are not, they do not look like playoff performers. I just, I hate to say it. Yeah. They're hundred percent right. change. And, and one thing that we didn't, one thing that we, you didn't know, um, say about the team that that's in the situation like Toronto, if you play patient defensive hockey, what's Toronto going to do? They're going to take chances. They're going to take risks. And it's going to open up all sorts of offense for for like guys like um, Kachuk, like Barkoff, like you know these guys that can really go. But uh, it's going to be interesting, man. It's but I'm I agree with you. If Toronto loses, someone's got to go. Someone's got to get traded. I just hope it's not Dubis. I'm going to tell you this. I I hope it's not Dubis because I think that he is. Um, implemented and and put together a team that has been extremely successful, but right now I think that after this year he's 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 rode these horses for a very very long time. There's going to be a point in time when you have he, to say, he, you know what, he, I need to abort the mission here and I yeah. need to make changes. Even though, yeah, and and it's not like you're going to trade away for an example. A, a Marner or or a uh, or a William Nylander who scored forty why? goals this year and had eighty seven points. Why? You're going why? no no no. Why? No, what I'm why? saying. Listen to me. I, I am going to trade one of them. I am going to trade yeah. one of them. Yes, I don't. I agree with because... you. I don't think. I, I don't think Dubis should be the the scapegoat here. I totally agree with you. But is it going to be a player or is it going to be hundred percent? I yeah. think it's time for a play. I think it's time for a player to go there. Yes. I asked the question to Thomas Vanek, Jr., and you and you can answer the same damn question, man. I asked the question. Mitch Marner is making eleven million dollars a year. Austin Matthews eleven point six million dollars a year. William Nylander seven million bucks a year. Uh, John Tavares eleven million dollars. Do you think sometimes players can get complacent because they're super young and they're making a shit? bomb of money it is so much money these the, the, Dude, I, not, say that, I say that listen, i say that all the time i'm delusional 
in 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 the way I I see life because I I've been very fortunate in life. Okay, but I'm gonna tell you right now, those kids there, that's next level. That's next level delusion. Okay, okay, so they I, are not is, normal. This is this is my assessment. I I say the same thing as you, Riv, because. One thing that Mike Keenan always used to say, Mike Keenan used to scream in the locker room every single day because he wanted everybody uncomfortable. Comfort leads to com- com- uh, complacency, right? You become complacent. And when you become complacent, you, you, you let your guard down, you don't prepare right, you don't give a shit as much. And when these guys are making this much money and they're this comfortable in their life, wh- what do they have to worry about? And when you worry and you yeah. fear things, that's when you fight the hardest. Yes. Like when we were back, when we were playing back in the early nineties and we were making, granted, we were making some good money. I, I mean, I was making a million bucks in the beginning of the nineties. That's a lot of money for the beginning of the nineties, a million yeah. bucks. Yeah. And, but if I didn't play in the national hockey league, if, if I was in the minors, I'd be making a uh, hundred. And if I didn't play at all, guess what? I have to go find another job. I have to go find out something else to do rather than playing the best game in the world as a job. So you know what? I had to fight for it because I wasn't comfortable of what could happen if I didn't stay here. If these guys are gone tomorrow with their guaranteed contracts, they're going to be fine for a long time because of the money that they've that they've put away. Their comfort leads to complacency. And I think a lot of these kids have that. You're exactly right. And and listen, I'm, I'm going to say something. Um a lot of kids have this, right? And I'm not, I'm, I'm asking a hypothetical question. I'm not saying Mitch Marner is complacent. I'm not saying Austin Matthews is complacent complacent, or William Nealer. I'm only asking the question because they seem to be in an environment where, um, they're not, they're not getting to the next level. And why is that? Are they a little bit too complacent there? Now there are other players that or, make or, just or as much level, money. Is there a level of care? Right, we all know they want to win. I mean, we're not taking anything away. Austin Matthews is a fucking competitor. Yes, They're I all know competitors. that. Absolutely, they want to win. They want all of them are. But is there another level of wanting to win? Is there a Matthew Kachuk level of wanting to win? Okay, that's a different right. This this know. was going to be one of my points. Matthew Kachuk, Brady Kachuk. I think if you were to pay them $25 million a year and and be the highest played player in the game, I still think they want to kill somebody. I still yes. think they want to go yes. to the wire. I st- because it's not about money for them. It's not about, I don't give a shit if I have friggin' 10 bucks. Or, he's like, I love the Correct. game. I want to win. I want to play for my teammates. I think in a weird way, he gets off on acting the way that he acts out on the ice. For sure. For sure. Yes. But you know like, what, though? They, they, he like loves he, it. He gets they, off they, on being a dickhead yeah but he is gonna do but anything being a, to but win being loved but by his teammates fucking love him and hated and hated i'm telling you this this they have pride in their jersey but they also have pride in their name and their dad instilled the pride in his name and i tell you they play they play like it and you're right. We, we got to give a little credit to Mrs. Uh, Kachuk too. She seems like oh. a no nonsense woman herself. So she is, she is the absolute boss of that house. Well, yeah, she is a she is a boss. Here's yeah. one thing I'm going to make absolutely clear about the Kachuks. Okay, Brady was born September 16th. Okay, mm-hmm. Matthew was born. Oh, that's Keith. Matthew was born. December 11th. 
Craig, what's the cutoff day for the draft? September 15th. You don't think that Big Walt was thinking about when he was making kids <laughs> that they're going to be late birthdays so they can be drafted Listen, the next year? You either don't want your kid. Shit. You either want your little son uh, born in January or you want him born yeah. after September 15th. There's one of the two things. Yeah, how, yeah, that's right. I was born September 13th. I missed that cutoff day by two days. And you were a third rounder. I was a third rounder in my normal year, but my next year in junior, I scored 19 goals that year and led wow. the OHL in goals. And I had 74 points. Wow. So if wow. I was drafted and 117 pims, and I, I don't know what I had. Then you had 12 that. points in 16 playoff games in your draft year. That's yeah, it. so you would have been a first rounder. I would have been easily a first rounder with the with the goals and points that I put up in junior, and I was fighting wow. like I. So there was a big difference between my first year in the OHL, which I did get drafted in my first year to to Montreal in the third round. But if I would have been born two days later, I would have had going in as I would have had seventy four points, nineteen goals, and that would have put me easily in the first round. Let's wow, see the nineteen ninety three entry draft. Are you ready? First overall, Alexander Dag to Ottawa, Hartford, Pronger, Tampa, Chris Gratton, Anaheim, Paul Korea, Florida, Rob Niedermeyer, San Jose, Victor Kozlov, seven, Jason Arnott. What a draft. Rangers, <laughs> Nicholas Sudstrom, Dallas, Todd Harvey. Remember Todd Harvey? Oh, yeah. Here's Jocelyn Tebow. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So eleven overall. Was who's Brendan the worst? was who, Brendan Witt. Witt. Who, and, who's, by the way, who who is who's the worst player of those of that draft? Probably was Alexander Dig. First overall. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what hand was Brendan Witt? What hand did he lefty? Shoot? Okay, lefty. was there as much emphasis on lefties and righties back then as there is now? Uh, no. Well, listen. No, I, I mean, so. there's there's a massive there's it's always been big the right handed defenseman. I don't know why it's kind of sounds kind of ridiculous to me, but what I think it's for every for every 10 defensemen it's like you're going ahead of nick stajahar you're going you're going ahead of nick stajahar was an absolute monster in junior he scored 33 goals one year yeah but in his draft year 92 93 he had 15 goals and 61 points you outscored 49 games actually you outscored him yeah so he was he was a good defense first round Easily a first round. jr wish we could say the same about you eh? but you were eighth overall i mean fuck And sure, guess what? If you would have played in the OHL and not Hall Olympics, you probably would have went first overall. <laughs> uh, Medano, Medano did the right thing. He went to the Western League, you know, so he he definitely got the upper hand on that one. But uh, I would have had to go into the Sioux, right? And the Sioux was probably the lot, the, the most traveled of any but any team in the OHL. Am I wrong? You uh, yeah. say yep, yeah. pretty close. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and I, yeah. I didn't like that. I didn't like that. I don't want to be. I don't want to be yeah. on that many buses. You did not you know? want to go from Boston to the Sioux. I can tell. You, I can tell you that right now. No. Yeah. So who played? Who, who plays tonight? Who plays tonight? Toronto, Toronto, Florida, Toronto, Florida, and Vegas, Florida. Edmonton. And I, you know, I was thinking about Ooh. you this morning, Jeremy. When I, I was, I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm gonna have to go to the bank machine, grab you a crisp one hundred dollar bill, and maybe you never know. And, it's and, close. You're never going to be able to spend it after what I write and draw on it. <laughs> I, love I will give you. I will give you. 
I, I will give you another hundred dollars if know you what? try to I'm, cash I'm gonna, it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this picture down, and I'm just gonna put a little, little. Just I'm a sending little frame it framed. It. I'm sending right it framed. Trust me. And it's gonna be on every show. It's gonna be on every it's show. Right coming there. to you framed. If I lose this series, I, but you know what though, you never know. I, it's like one minute. I think, oh my gosh, we're done. I'm done. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to send you a hundred, and then then you no. Know, What's your projection then, uh, for for tonight's games? Um, I think Florida. I think Florida closes it out. Really? I they. I. I, okay. I just think they're. I just think they're playing the best hockey, and their goaltender is playing the best out of anybody in the game right now. And that's I'm happiest huge. for him in the entire playoffs because I've shit on him, and he's been called the worst contract. I don't yeah. know him at he, all. I've never played with him. All I can tell you is that I'm really happy. Well, his contract him. has sucked yeah. since yeah, he's come has. to Florida. It's been he's been abysmal. Yes, yes, he's I'm been glad. he's been overpaid. Yeah, like there's a reason. There's a reason why Lions. There's a reason why Lions, yeah. a guy that we've never even heard of before, and who's 30 years old, came in and played like the last 15 games of the year because he was playing really well, and Bob hasn't mm-hmm. played well. I don't even know what my best to- goal total was in the playoffs. Maybe 11 or 12. Maybe Bullshit. 1992. No, no, I don't. Honest, 92, maybe. 92. Let's go I don't know how you your, look that up. Uh, what do you mean you don't know how no. you look that up? You go to the most legendary hockey site in the history of hockey. It's called Hockey DB. Well, you had 11 goals yeah. in 89-90. You had 12 goals in 91-92. So the, the, that was your yeah, that was your yeah, so I said 12. Yeah, 12. I said 12. Yeah. yeah. Well, 89-90, by the way, 89-90 was my second year in the league. That's that's pretty good goal holders in my second year. That's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, that's for, crazy for a sophomore. For a sophomore, um, that was so the I'd year like to, you I'd, guys uh, lost to Pittsburgh in the finals. The year before uh, that, you were playing for in the Hall Olympics. Yeah, like how yeah. is that possible that you go and shred yeah. the playoffs for well, eleven? That was ninety-one. Look, 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 look at my look at my Hall, look at my Hall Olympic stats. Twenty-eight games played. You had thirty-four goals, seventy points. What? <laughs> but let me tell you something, Jr. Like I said before, if you were playing in the OHL, that would have been like forty points because we know how to play the game. Okay? Well, <laughs> 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 you know, help me. You know, help me in Hall playing with my uh, playing with my winger, my right winger, Mark the guy Jelena? by the name of Mark Martin Jelena. Yep. And really. He, 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 yeah, he got drafted seven, and I got drafted eight off the same team. That was pretty cool. Holy jumping! Yeah, and he's the one that got traded for Gretzky, Martin Jelena, and Jimmy Carson. Went. You know who led your Gretzky. team that year in points? Stefan Matteau. Stefan Matteau, forty-four goals, eighty-nine points, two hundred and two penalty minutes. It was a crazy, crazy team, man. We had a really good team. Carl Dykus is on that team. Um, uh, my buddy, um, Cam Russell, Cam, Cam Russell. Yeah. We played, played with him. He was a tough as nails motherfucker, man. Yeah. We had a good team. Cam was the captain of that team. Martin Shelna, Stefan Matteau. Craig, Mar- Craig Martin. Craig Martin was tough, 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 man. He was my protector. Anything that happened on that team, he was my protector. We had a great team. We should have won the Memorial cup that year. We got upset. Crazy. But anyway, 
you know, I, I just got to give, I got to give props to how good Seattle's playing, man. Did you, you and, and I, I know they lost last night, which is, I don't, it's fine. But game three, I don't know if you watched Seattle game three against Dallas. It was 7-2. I have never seen a team work as hard player for player, line for line for 60 minutes, no matter what the score was. I was so impressed. Dallas could not even, they couldn't get out of their own way. It was like a bunch of gnats just surrounding their heads and nowhere to go. It was really, really impressive. Um, they got to get back to that style again, like they did game three, because they didn't All do team, it last night. Team oriented. That's that's what they're they they mm -hmm. they survive on great goaltending from from Grubauer. Uh, I love the defense core mm -hmm. uh, for the Kraken, and they have a they have a a bunch of players that just play for each other, and they have four lines that are, are not elite. Yeah. They're not elite. But they're all four lines of really, really tough uh, players to play against, and they're doing it. They're doing it without their their leading point producer this year in in Jared McCann. Yeah, which is even but more mind boggling. It, and you know, it's good. It's good for the league. You have the two most exciting places to watch a hockey game: the two, Vegas and Seattle. Uh, my buddy was at the Seattle game the other day. He said he has never been in a, in a professional event that was as exciting and electric and loud and fun as it as it was being in that seattle building and if you guys have been to vegas every single game in vegas is absolutely like one of the best things that you can do is watch a game in vegas that's that's good marketing that is good marketing that is good energy so good for them man good for them yep. that's it that's all i got that's all i got that's all i got well, boys Whiskey sales jacking up, getting ready for spring and summer. Uh, we're we're pretty good. I actually just did a cameo the other day where the 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 um, the guy brought bought um, a whole bunch of um, presents for the, his groomsmen, and they were whiskey in the wild bottles for his groomsmen. So great gift. So he's a smart man. Yes, we're doing very well. So we got to keep it going. Where do they find it? Whiskeyinthewild.com. dot com. Whiskey baby. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at the Instigator76. And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.